Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show, your on-air ladies Bible study event. This is the show that will inspire you to get into the Bible and help you understand it. It's my goal to be relatable and authentically leave you refreshed as you listen to the Soul H2O devotion. I'm so excited you've tuned in for today's episode, number 105, Failure to Launch, with best-selling authors Jonathan and Erica Catherman. This week, Margaret from somewhere in Canada sent a message to my inbox saying, Sherry, I so appreciate the devotions you send through email. Whenever I'm feeling down, forget to put everything in God's hands and get stressed. When I need a reminder, you send a devotion and I feel better. I thank God for his love and the answer to my prayers. Thank you. Make sure to get on that email devotion list so that you too can stay refreshed throughout the week. This week, my intention is to inspire you towards healthy parenting. To help, why not download one of the Soul H2O journal pages so you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. You can even use them for your personal devotions and find them on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 105. Get ready to dive in to today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. When you hear the words, failure to launch these days, you don't often think about a rocket ship not getting off the ground. Most often, those words conjure up an image in your head of a 30-something man-child playing video games, eating pizza in his parents' basement. Kids failing to launch in adulthood is a growing problem with higher rates in Canada than the U.S. by over 10% in most studies. In 1981, Stats Canada showed that 26.9 of 20 to 29-year-olds lived with at least one parent. But by 2011, that stat had increased to 42.3%. Before 2011, Stats Canada kept records of the living arrangements of young adults aged 20 to 29, but changed the category to include offspring from the ages of 20 to 34 sometime after 2011. And we can only assume it's because of the age children are leaving their parents' homes has continued to increase in such large numbers into their 30s hardly children by then. As less of the younger generation gets married, more stay home with their parents. Not surprisingly, the pandemic and its financial repercussions has increased these numbers to the highest levels since the Great Depression here in Canada. To be honest, I didn't realize the numbers were as high as they are, and I was shocked to see how the stats revealed there are so many more male adult children living at home than female adults. These stats reminded me of the milk commercial years ago when a mom and dad are cleaning out a child's bedroom and making it into a spare room with adult-style decor. The next scene shows them at a dinner table with a clearly adult son in about his 30s eating dinner together, telling his parents that he loves what they did with his room. As the parents look at each other with frustration that their son didn't take the hint, an older lady appears at the window, standing above the man-child saying, Can't get your kids to leave home? Stop cooking with cheese. Now, this commercial is, of course, just a joke, and there are various reasons why someone might be living at home in their late 20s, even 30s, 
even legitimate reasons. But this is a growing concern for sociologists. Children failing to launch into adulthood is something we need to take seriously. We need to consider it in order to better help emerging adults to move healthily from childhood frivolity into capable adulthood. Proverbs was a book used to train young Jewish men and taught them in chapter 22, verse 6, to train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it, it says. Over and again, Scripture lays out the mandate for parents to teach their children so they mature into healthy adults, especially warning fathers in Ephesians 6 verse 4, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Starting right in Genesis 18 verse 19, God explained how he chose Abraham so that he would direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord would bring about for Abraham what he had promised. Through scripture, it's clear that it's a parents' responsibility to prepare their children for adulthood. And when the parents don't do it, there is even a plan for other adults of faith to help in this training ground towards maturity. In the Soul H2O devotion for episode 102, Mom Fog, I talked about how Paul in Titus chapter 2 teaches the leadership to encourage older women in the church to practically mentor the younger women and how to live as an adult. In the Jewish culture, there was already a program of sorts set into place where young boys at the time of their bar mitzvahs were put into a form of a small group that would hold them accountable for maturing into adulthood, even helping them in business to get standing on their feet. I can't help but wonder how much better off kids would be today if we followed the Bible's advice, if they had this kind of influence in their lives, how many wouldn't experience a failure to launch. Growing up, my mom would always tell me, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And just the importance of surrounding yourself with people who are going to encourage you, who are going to inspire you, and who are going to help you through your life. And I think that's good company. And I hope that this show brings that to, to those who are listening. Good music, good conversation, good company. Faith Strong Today's Good Company with me, Holly Taylor. Weekdays at 5 p.m. right here on Joy. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Well, today you're getting two for the price of one. We're blessed to have both Jonathan and Erica Catherman on the Soul H2O radio and podcast show today. The international best-selling authors and pro-parenters welcome Jonathan and Erica. Hi, how are you? It's great to be here. Well, I am so glad to have you guys here. And I, I kind of feel like Erica has a little bit of a southern twang to her voice. <laughs> Maybe just over the years. <laughs> we've moved, over. We moved to North Carolina. Yeah, we've lived in North Carolina for a while and you sort of pick it all up, y'all. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So where are you originally from? We moved to North Carolina from the West Coast about 16 years ago with mm -hmm. our young boys at the time. So that is definitely home now. That's a long time living in one place for sure. 
Yes, it is. The longest either of us have lived anywhere. We enjoy it, so we stay. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the weather is amazing there. So I think that would be a great place to stay, too. So, Jonathan, I hear that you're a sociologist and an international best-selling author. Um, you just have a whole lot of books. And so which book came first? First book we wrote was The Manual to Manhood. And I say we because anytime I, at the author, sit down at my computer and start typing, the whole family has to be involved. So yeah. Manual to Manhood, that was the first book. Yeah, I can see uh, everything you guys do is definitely a family affair. You publish Becoming the Next Great Generation, Guiding the Next Generation, and then you co-authored the bestseller, um, The Manual to Middle School with your sons, Reed and Cole. How amazing was that to author a book with your boys? It was so much fun, and they were young at the time, just moving out of middle school into high school, and the other one was moving from elementary into middle. So it was a perfect segue for one son to pass on all this great advice to the other, and for dad to kind of get in the middle and make it into a book. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, how you guys are such a team, you published The Girl's Guide to Conquering Life and The Girl's Guide to Conquering Middle School. So I, I would think that maybe, Erica, you had a little more influence in those books. <laughs> Definitely. What we did really was we took what has be, had become a resource, the Manual to Manhood and the Manual to Middle School, and um, people that Jonathan was working with were like, okay, where's, where's our girls' material? And we mm -hmm. sat down and came up with a list of people that we wanted to interview for the girls' books and uh, put those together. They're really all about life skills and character traits, and whether you're a boy or a girl, everybody needs to grow up to gain quite a few of both. Absolutely, absolutely. So you're, um, you know, a sociologist, and how much has that influenced, you know, writing your books and and everything that you do? It's been the full theme of everything I've committed to for close to thirty years now, and studying the generations and the cultural norms, shifts between the generations, and seeing what uh, these young men and women in the making need to gain the confidence and capabilities to succeed, not just today, but in their future. It's my calling, it's why God made me, it's what I love to do. And Erica, you really have been working for decades with young women, and I can see that's really shaped you. So you work with um, athletes for gender equality? Well, just in college, I, I, I was on the rowing team and four years varsity crew, and just felt it was very important that uh, female athletes also were able to gain scholarships and um, mm -hmm. participate in that way and um, ended up with getting a scholarship in college and and continuing to work for that and then moving forward yeah coaching um, coaching and also just working in small groups and mentoring with young women that's good well I would love for you guys to kind of inspire anyone listening and share your Bible study a tool or a tip something that might help encourage them to get into God's Word well I have made it a habit to wake up every morning, have my coffee and read scripture as I'm drinking my coffee in the morning. And that has just been something that I, I just do automatically. Open it up, read it, and it doesn't have to be very long. It can be, you know, just a couple verses or a chapter or a few chapters. It just depends on the time that I have in the morning. It's the habit of it. And then mm -hmm. I take, I pull something that's either inspiring, something that I have to kind of chew on a little bit or something that is um, just helpful to me. And I'll take that and write it on this big chalkboard that I have in the kitchen. 
I love that. Coffee time with Jesus and then uh, the real focus on the chalkboard. Okay, how about you, Jonathan? Well, my focus Bible verse is Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so is one person sharpen another. And that has been much of the focus of our ministry and how do we help become sharper as we sharpen others. And it's all about that angle. And Christ was real good about making sure he met people where they were and guided them their full potential. And that's what Proverbs 27, 17 keeps my mind focused on my relationship with Christ. And scripture to me is something to be consumed deeply. It's a saver. So my brain thinks on paper. And uh, with all these apps today on how to do Bible study, uh, I, I know that they don't work for me. So in my office, I have my volumes of study materials laid out on the floor and on my desk and on the couch. And, and that's how I get into scripture and chase down the culture and the context and the history is through the way that my, my brain works, the way God made me. So uh, don't fight it. Figure out what God has in store for you through the way that he created you and pursue it with all your might. Love that. That is great. And so, Erica, if you could share your favorite Bible verse, or maybe one that's just inspiring you even. I like that. I like that. It's inspiring. Um, My favorites could change throughout the seasons, Mm -hmm. but uh, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And that's, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's just a couple verses that they're reoccurring in life for myself. And then even sometimes just in, in working with other people, that peace of God. Absolutely need the peace of God, especially Mm -hmm. in parenting. So I'm excited. (laughs) We're going to just take a break and come back to talk more about raising them ready. We are Jonathan and Erica Catherman from episode 105. And the Soul H2O radio and podcast show music pick for today is Sunday Sunday Sermons Sermons by by Ann Ann Wilson. Wilson. Seven years old. Third row pew. The warmer weather means you're always on the move. And the My Joy Radio app means the songs you love and the encouragement you crave move with you. Never miss another minute with 24-7 access to the Joy Radio live stream. Get the latest messages from the ministries you love delivered right to your smartphone. Or download them ahead for offline listening. Be uplifted, whether at the office or the beach. The My Joy Radio app, available now. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're back with Jonathan and Erica Katherman. Now, guys, in your latest co-authored book, Raising Them Ready, The Practical Ways to Prepare Your Kids for a Life on Their Own, you help readers um, assess their child's readiness for adulting. <laughs> so I'm wondering, how do you actually do that? Because I think there's a lot of parents listening that are like, I need to get this kid out of the house. <laughs> right. And it's like, how do I know that they're ready to go or not? Usually the question yeah. that we ask when our kids are in upper like teenagers and we're really like counting down the days and the months till they go. Mm-hmm. But really, it's a question we need to be asking younger and younger. And we don't mean the kids have to leave the home. The question is, mm-hmm. are they ready or not for the demands of life? 
And so in Raising Them Ready, in the very first part of the book, there's a readiness assessment that parents can just kind of lock in their brain. It's very simple to understand. It basically assesses, are my kids willing and able to do something? And willing is a mindset and able is a skill set tool set. So when we're able, to, when we look at that readiness assessment, a parent can say, oh wow, we're missing the, the mindset or we're missing a skill set or we're missing a tool set. It helps them focus on what to put their energy into so their kids are prepared to just continue to mature. So they might be four years old, you can run a readiness assessment. They might be 14 and it's a perfect time too. It's just sort of getting in the process of always looking at my kids and they're willing and able to do this. Or do they find something as a threat or a challenge? And that makes a big difference on how they go ahead and move forward. And we can do this at any age. I think that's really important what you're saying here about, you know, we can't just wait till they're teenagers or early 20s to start questioning this. But I'm hoping that if you haven't done this work yet with your kids and and maybe someone listening and, and their kid is 22 years old and they're like, I've never really assessed this and maybe... Uh, you know, is it too late by that point? It's never too late to launch. And it's what we want to avoid is the, the cutting them off cold turkey. It's like, that's it, you're mm-hmm. old enough, you're out the house, I'm changing the locks, you know, only call before <laughs> you come over. We, ready or not, bye. Ready or not, you're going. You know, we don't want to get to a place like no. that. But if your kids are older, what we're really looking for, it's not about age, it's about ability, their maturity and their ability. And as a parent of a child at any age, you want to see your kids succeed. So raising them ready has a really very systematic process. I don't mean we have to raise our kids in, in a program or a process, but it's a way <laughs> to say, okay, let's just be realistic here from changing the toilet paper roll to doing the laundry, to learning how to drive, to interviewing for a job, have they progressed through these different stages? And there's, there's like over 300 skill sets and tool sets for parents to look at for the kids between the age of two and 22 years old. I think that's really good differentiating between mindsets and skill sets. That's really a great thing there. Um, Kids seem to be living at home later and later, longer and longer these days. Can you kind of talk to us a bit about the great need that you see for this book in today's culture? We have just found, uh, as we've gone through all of the books from Manual to Manhood to Girl's Guide, uh, to the guiding and becoming the next gener- great next generation. Um, it's just been a progress, a progression of the books. Raising them ready we view as an umbrella just because we've seen so many people in our own lives where their kids just, they didn't have all of the skill sets and tool sets that they, they needed to move forward. And so we did an assessment of our own kids and in that created this list as a tool to help our own kids be ready to launch. And as we look at the culture today where parents are wondering are my kids ready to go or not, really by raising that question, the answer is probably not yet. And so instead of putting it off to colleges and universities to have their life skills 101 classes Mm -hmm. or having our kids step out into life and learn in the school of hard knocks, it's time for us as parents to, to just take a moment and say, what's the most loving and giving thing we can do for our kids? And that is to say, are they truly prepared or are there areas where they're unprepared? So in our culture today, we give a lot of stuff to kids, which allows them to not have to do for themselves. Parents, it's time to step up and teach your kids to do for themselves. 
Another thing you talk about in your book that I believe is so important is to allow your children to fail, which in today's culture, as you're mentioning, you know, giving your kids everything, uh, allowing them to fail seems like a terrible parenting thing, but you see it as something beneficial. Well, failure in today's culture is anything other than first place winning. And the reality is not everybody needs a trophy for everything. And allowing our kids to not fail as in like they, they are, that's it, it's over, but more like they need to struggle a bit. And it's not to put undue stress on them or to be, um, be disconnected as a parent, it's to allow our kids to practice. Because practice does not make perfect. Practice mm -hmm. makes better. And part of our kids struggling to do things, they'll recognize I can be better at that if I practice. And the more reps I get at the opportunity, the better off I'll be to do this on my own without having my parents constantly over my shoulder. So give your kids a chance to struggle, not succeed, practice and do better. So if we want our kids to be resilient, which they need to be as adults that, you know, where they might not have that safety net, how can, how does your book and how do you guys in the ministry that you provide for people help children learn to have this resilient mindset? Well, I think some of that is in the repetition throughout the ages and stages to have the opportunity to learn, to grow. And as we teach our kids instruction and we let them go, we guide them and we let them go and we counsel, we let them go as they continue to learn these new skill sets and tool sets, whether they fail or they succeed, as they keep moving forward step by step, they begin to build a very positive mindset. And that's what we give as parents to our kids um, by by walking alongside them, by building that scaffolding around them as they grow to have a powerful, positive mindset and be able to be successful overall, even with some little failures along the way. Mm, very great advice. So the last chapter on your book, we're gonna be the last question here. It really encourages parents to have a release plan. So can you just tell me quickly, what is that? Why is that important to have? Well, Eric, as Erica just mentioned a second ago about this instruction and release, guidance release and counsel and release, a release plan goes through these multiple stages where we give our kids direct instruction, parents to child, and then you let them go. You gotta let them try it out. And then they come along and we do guidance where we come beside them and they, they engage and they grow and, and we let go. And then that's side by side. But then there's another point of maturity where our kids return, come to us and ask us for counsel. And we give them our best mm -hmm. advice, but then we also have to say, we let it go. So a release plan starts very young. It could be like the example would be riding a bike. You know, I teach my young child to ride a bike and eventually I have to let them go. Inevitably, they're going to crash. But I don't <laughs> run alongside my 19 year old holding the seat post, hoping they don't crash. We have to think along those same mindsets when we teach our kids to do all the skills and tools of life where we instruct and release, guide and release, and counsel and release. That's a great release plan starting at age two, clear through the mid-20s. Jonathan and Erica, thank you so much for being on the show. I know people are going to want to grab a copy of it. They're going to go on the show notes and get it. Um, I am just so thankful that you are here to inspire parents to parent well. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you, Sherry. We really enjoyed it. My challenge for you this week is to look at the young adults in your life and pray about how you can help them mature as believers 
and practically as humans. Then go put into practice whatever God reveals you could do. Go in love, not with a condescending attitude. And I can pretty much guarantee they love to know someone wants to help guide them. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 105, Failure to Launch, on the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. Make sure to check out the show notes for deeper insights, scripture graphics, and information about the Cathermans at soulh2o.com slash 105. Can we ask you to help spread the word about the show or email devotions? We'd so appreciate it if you would by telling your friends and family. Why not take a screen capture while listening on your device and share on your social media so others can be encouraged? Come back next week as we talk about how churches can help people walk through mental health issues with the resource development manager of Sanctuary Mental Health, Jane Bourne. Until then, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.